Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Mahogany Bookkeeping provides a full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, sales tax, and much more. To schedule a consultation with Mahogany Bookkeeping, click the buy button on this ad or visit mahoganybookkeeping.com. Hi, this is Yvette Freeman, publisher of The Envoy. If you're a minority or female business owner or creative artist, The Envoy magazine wants to help promote your business. Get listed, get featured, get seen. Visit theenvoyguide.com for more info. Mahogany Bookkeeping provides a full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, sales tax, and much more. To schedule a consultation with Mahogany Bookkeeping, click the buy button on this ad or visit mahoganybookkeeping.com. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be back another week on my show here on Biz Radio Asheville. As always, I want to thank the listeners and my boss, Matt Matan, the creator of Biz Radio Asheville, and just want to encourage all the listeners to continue downloading and listening to the podcast um, so we can continue reaching more streaming platforms, but we just appreciate the support. But I want to jump right into today's show. I'm so excited to have today's guest. So today's guest is an award-winning photographer and designer that I had the honor of being on a panel with last month for creatives called Pricing for Profit. And this was sponsored by, of course, guests. I'm always talking about Mountain BizWorks here in Asheville, North Carolina. And we both are also contributing writers for the Envoy magazine here in Western North Carolina, which spotlights minority and women entrepreneurs, business owners, community members, and artists from across the United States. Additionally, this guest is also the founding president of AIGA Asheville, the largest professional association of designers in the world. There is so much more I could talk about for this amazing young man, and he's accomplished so much and continues to accomplish so much. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest, the owner of Curve Theory, Reggie Tidwell. Reggie, that was a Wow, you got a lot. So just welcome, friend. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you, Veronica. This is awesome. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, I teased Reggie before. I'm like, man, you're my Barack Obama, man. You know, I really, <laughs> I really look up to you. And even though I just Aww. met you, I feel like I've known you for a long time. You just have that type of personality and you do so much oh, man, in the, the community. Neutral. Oh, well, thank you. Well, before we get started, I always ask the guests to tell the listeners about yourself, how you made it to Western North Carolina, and how you became a professional creative. All right. I'll try to sum that up in a nutshell. So, <laughs> uh, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, 
I uh, I got I got my BFA in graphic design at Maryville University, Maryville University there, and uh, I knew that I always wanted to. I didn't want to be born and die in the same place. I knew that I was definitely charted to be somewhere else at some point. And my dad raised me camping and hiking, um, so I, I knew that the place that I would end up would have to be much, would have to have a much larger outdoor playground than mm -hmm. say St. Louis, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, things kept sort of falling into place career wise that kept me there. Ended up teaching at Washington, Washington university, which was a big deal. Uh, ended up, uh, leading an interactive team at explain, which is this amazing information graphics company out of, um, St. Louis. I think they're also in San Francisco now. And, uh, we did, we, they did information graphics. I headed up the team that did interactive information graphics for like Rolling Stone, uh, Time Magazine, uh, Apple, IBM, Canna wow. Fitzgerald, you name it. Some really great uh, national brands. And and so those things were keeping me there for a while, but eventually I was like, okay, I gotta go. And uh, I ended up um, just sort of looking at places that were college towns that had, um, because that's a kind of a nice vibe in the city, that, mm -hmm. that sort of college vibe. Um, yes. And then also outdoorsy. And so mm -hmm. Bend, Oregon, Boulder, Colorado, Tempe, uh, Tempe, Arizona, all those places were on the radar. But a buddy of mine at one point had Rich had um, had mentioned that he wanted to settle down in North Carolina. And I thought, North Carolina, <laughs> what is that all about? Uh, and then my partner at the time, I mentioned it to her and she said, oh my God, Asheville, you would love it there. And so mm -hmm. of course I looked it up, it wasn't landlocked. It, you know, it was uh, surrounded by mountains and trails and waterfalls. And I was like, okay, that is where I'm gonna be. And I never looked back. Wow, so um, how long has it been now, Reggie, that you've been living here? Oh, three, moved here in 03. I had just started my business. So that company that I mentioned before actually uh, explain, they laid me off in their fourth and final round of layoffs and Man. became my first client. So that's how I started my business. That's awesome. My, yeah, they still needed my services. They let me work out of their, their uh, office until I had my home studio set up. And then I made the jump that was over 20 years ago and I've been in business ever since. So. Wow, well tell us about Curve Theory and what type of services you provide with this business. Absolutely. So. Uh, you know, for the sort of the first part of my career, I focused mostly on branding and uh, poster design, T-shirt design, things like that. Um, but around 2004, I started, I wouldn't say first half, like really the first few years. Um, mm -hmm. But around 2004, I started shooting photography commercially. Um, fast forward to me being the creative director for Warren Wilson College, where I did a tremendous amount of photography for the college uh, and, and incorporated it much more into my business workflow. And I think around then I became more, because I still have my business on the side, mm -hmm. I became more equal parts designer, equal parts photographer. And that's who I am today. So I do a lot of graphic design and branding. You've probably seen my work around town. I did the branding 
for the green sage. Used to be oh, and let's pause. Let's pause on that again. The logo. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> for green sage is huge, and these are the same owners that owned Earth Fair as well, right? I mean, this green sage is huge in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Randy Talley, awesome guy, uh, did come from the Earth Fair uh, days. He ended up briefly over Green Life, but then shortly thereafter started um, uh, the Green Sage, which was the Green Sage Coffee House and Cafe, and now it's just simply the Green Green Sage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have four locations now. The yes. brand is still strong. Yes. It's still, um, it's been minimized, but it's all still uh, a derivative of the original logo um and it, it's i feel really happy to have been a part of helping that uh that brand get its start and that i just always because i'm an accountant my mind doesn't think like an artist i'm like that has to be so hard to create a logo because i know how it was <laughs> <laughs> for me to just create a logo for balance virtually and i just kind of just did a cursive b and a v and that took forever like well what type of <laughs> script do i want so i know that has to be a challenge when you're trying to provide a client what they want, but they really don't know what they want. There's a process, you know, there's a process. And part of it is, you know, when you are doing this kind of work, you you want to ask the right questions. So I always start off with a discovery session where I, you know, I have a series of questions that I, you know, I probably have about a hundred questions and then I'll, I'll select the questions I want to ask based on the client. So this particular client's going to get, maybe this 20 questions, you know, Mm -hmm. and those answers are very telling. Those really help me dial in exactly what kind of uh, creative I'm going to be producing for this particular client. Um, Without that process, it's like you're flying blind. You know, there's, there's just no way to do it without having some kind of process like that. I love that. I'm going to just jump right into, you know, we usually provide tips and different jewels to the listeners. And you just provided a great one with having that discovery session. But, you know, I didn't realize until having friends like Julietta Fumberg, who I know you're familiar with, and yourself, different creatives. Yes. And, you know, is this a challenge sometimes for creatives to price and to figure out how to work their business? What would you what kind of guidance would you provide mistakes that you have consistently seen that creatives make and how they can avoid those mistakes? Well, you know where I'm going to go. And it's it goes right <laughs> back to what we were just talking about on our panel with Mountain BizWorks, the pricing for profit is I think creatives um, way more than they should be they undervalue themselves and they underprice their work and they end up on the struggle bus because they're like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck because they are discounting their work because they are desperate or because they think that's going to get them more work down the the road. And Mm -hmm. so they end up just underselling themselves and not earning enough revenue uh, because Mm -hmm. of that. No, so, you're absolutely right. And I feel the pain too at times. And we always struggle with that. But I've learned now, like the ones that I, when you do lower the price, they're the biggest pain in the butt. You know, those oh, yeah. clients, they oh, they want the world. Consistently. <laughs> I, that's the, you know, in my 20 years in business, that is the one thing that I can say has consistently been the case. Anytime in the past, before I learned that that was not the thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, that I've discounted my work or, you know, you know, offered a, a great deal, you know, mm-hmm. that client doesn't take it seriously because they don't value the work. They're it's yep. just something that they need. And so they end up being a royal pain in the butt 
they end <laughs> up, you know, needing, wanting way more than what you've offered them. Mm-hmm. And it just ends up being a, a, you know, not a great use of time. And you don't even feel good about the money you earn from it because it, you always feel like you should have gotten a lot more. So. Oh, yeah. And then you procrastinate. You don't even want to do the work because then it annoys you that you're even doing this still. Yep. And one of another good tip that I'm even taking your advice on, um, and this is my fourth year in business, but I was very much so, you know, still kind of nonchalant working with people that I want to work with. And, and now I'm really kind of going into that lane where I have a contractor and I'm trying to be more serious. You always talk about you have to have an engagement letter, a scope of work, a contract yep. um, for people to take you seriously and just to lay out everything. And even though at times I've put everything in writing, it was just very informal in email. And I love the way you had put it saying, you know, it's about your professionalism too. you know, how people oh, yeah. are going to treat you. So can you elaborate a little bit on that as well? Oh, hands down. Yeah. I mean, every touch point to your client needs to be top notch professional, professional. You want to, you know, and even if you're not there yet, you know, mm-hmm. you still want to be aspirational. So you want to make sure you do all the steps necessary to, to project the most professional image. And then that will elevate your business because people Mm -hmm. start taking you more seriously, have an ironclad contract, talk to an attorney friend, pay them to like help look over your contract and make sure that you have something that is concrete. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, have that in your terms and conditions, have that as as part of your contract when you send it to your clients. So they know what they're getting into and they see right away, oh, this person is, you know, they're the real deal. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no question, especially if you're a freelancer. A lot of freelancers get a bad rap for the whole flying by the seat of the pants thing, not having everything, you know, being weekend warriors. And, you know, I'd even say in terms of structuring your business to make sure that you do appear more professional. Now, you can work in the evenings and weekends, but don't let your client know that. Make exactly. Sure client, <laughs> right. Make sure your client knows that you maintain a, a normal eight hour business day, a, mm-hmm. you know, nine to five, eight to six, whatever it is, or eight to seven, mm-hmm. or eight to four, whatever, whatever it is. Make right. sure that your clients know that you are not accessible on the weekends and the evenings. Otherwise, that also continues to shape their perception of you like, oh, this is this guy is a freelancer. I'm going to send him something on Saturday morning or mm-hmm. I'm going to text him on Saturday morning. I'm going to expect a, a response right away. And uh-uh, don't train your clients that way. You <laughs> are I, a business, yep. right? period. Yep. And I think you hit it on the head in the beginning. Sometimes we're so desperate to get a client. So we want to respond immediately, no matter what day it is, what time it is. We want to take mm-hmm. whatever rate. And it's like, no, because like you said, you're training your clients to really kind of run your business. Yep. That's exactly right. And uh, one last thing before we move on to talking about black in black on black. So I want to hear more about that <laughs> exhibit. <laughs> Absolutely. You also had hit on it that you don't recommend doing business with family. And a lot of times people want to discount things for family, but they can also be a pain in the, you know what too. So I love that, that your thoughts are, you know, sometimes you could just do stuff for free, but yeah, limited, no. <laughs> limited, 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 yeah, limited, no, especially it's, with it's family. Exactly the same thing. No, it, it ends up being the exact same scenarios when you discount work for a client is they don't value the work. They, you know, it's a, it's an abuse of the relationship. And unfortunately, as much as we want to help our family out, yep. like it's, it's 
equally helpful when you can use your resources to help your family on say, oh, you know what? You should work with so-and-so because they do this kind of work and they would be great. And just tell them that you're my family and you know they'll treat you right, whatever. Right. Uh, but getting into that kind of business relationship with family can create some obstacles that might not be easily overturned. You know, like the business relationship is very specific like you were trying to provide a service you have to be professional you have to and with family it's hard to be that you want to yes. joke and laugh and you know <laughs> joke, yes. you know that's that's just not going to create the environment to produce good work right and no matter opinion. what they probably just like oh that's just little reggie you know it's like no yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is my exactly. business <laughs> yeah. so before we wrap up i just want to talk about this amazing exhibit black and black on black making the invisible exhibit and i believe it's still available till january yeah making the invisible visible yes it's going to be at the center for craft in their um oh gosh it's there it's in the um the first gallery when you walk in and Forgive me, my name is totally, the name of it is totally escaping me at the moment, but I think it's the John Lamb partner. John, that's the guy that did the Blue Spiral. It's the partner. Uh, okay. It's a partner gallery in the Center for Craft. And, you know, forgive me for butchering the name of it, but it's a wonderful gallery space. And the Black and Black on Black uh, Making the Invisible Visible exhibit is a wonderful collection of work from three Black artists and activists in the area um two of them the the woman who sort of crafted the exhibit her name is ann woodford and she is amazing ann miller woodford she's a painter and mm. she does these amazing portraits um and so her work is there uh, there's rhonda bertha who is a photographer really talented photographer and then there's also Viola Spells, who has who is a jewelry designer, and her work is there as well. And basically, the show is to bring awareness to the fact that people of color in Western North Carolina have been overlooked. So, hence mm. the making the the invisible visible. And I did the branding for the show, so I designed the logo and and all the brand elements for it. But I also designed a series of information graphic boards that have lots of metrics about the population of people in color in the Western North Carolina area through the years. So it's really Oh man, this is outstanding. It really is. It's a really great show. And I definitely encourage people to go and check it out. The art is fantastic. The information is telling. Um, and, it's, and it's in a beautiful, absolutely beautiful space. And is this downtown, Reggie? I'm not familiar with where the It is, at. yeah. Okay. It's, on, it's on Broadway. Okay. Uh, right in that first section of Broadway if you, as you pull off a 240. Well, I have to check that out because I have an office downtown and I don't know. I'll, it sounds like we could just Google the um, black and black on black to get the details of if the pricing and hours that you can um, check out the exhibit. But that's outstanding. And this is another reason why I'm so thankful to have a show on Biz Radio Asheville because we want to highlight things like this that, that doesn't get as much attention because, you know, people always joke with me. I've been in Asheville now five years and they're like, Veronica, there's any black and brown people in Asheville? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, we're here. But, you know, there's over 200 entrepreneurs of color in yeah. Asheville and we're doing so many great things. And this exhibit is just one of many things 
that Asheville's doing. So I think sometimes, you know, we get a bad rap here in the mountains, but there's amazing entrepreneurs like yourself um, and all of these amazing people that's part of this exhibit. So we definitely want to support that. And we just so appreciate you, you know, being a part of that. Absolutely. And I will say, just so we have it uh, for for posterity's sake, that it's the John Cram Partner Gallery over at the Center for Craft where the exhibit is. And it's there through January the 7th. Awesome. So just like that, Reggie, we're getting towards the end of the show. So um, I don't know if you're taking new clients. Hopefully you are because your work's amazing. But can you just plug how we can be in contact with you, how we can support anything that you have going on because you're doing amazing things here in Western North Carolina and beyond. I know you have clients all over the United States. Yes, I do. And thank you so much for that and for the opportunity. Yeah. So curvetheory.com is my business. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, uh, at curvetheory. Uh, that's where I post a lot of my photography and the focus typically there is nature and landscapes, which is, I do a lot of that for uh, Explore Asheville and I sell prints of that work. But yeah, anybody that needs branding and they're looking for, you know, a a partner to help bring their branding vision to life that's going to be attentive and that's going to create a sustainable solution that will help and and evolve and grow your business. That's that's what I'm about. I'm about helping professionals, um, you know, start out right. Mm-hmm. And if they've already started, I'd like to help them, you know, sort of realign with their original uh, focus with their business. Well, we appreciate that. And we're going to make sure we don't ask for a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no discount. <laughs> but, but seriously, no discounts, but also know that you get what you pay for. And yes. I'm all about making sure that my clients are happy. So at the end of the yes. day. We're not going to walk away from this if you're not happy. So I'd much rather sell that than try to sell cheap work, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's important because sometimes, unfortunately, uh, us being people of color, people do feel like they can discount our work. And I love that you take the stance that, no, I'm not. And you've worked with people of all backgrounds, of all colors. I mean, you have one of the largest businesses in Asheville that you did the logo for. So, again... Reggie, I'm just so proud of you. And Aww. you have an amazing family. We didn't even get a touch on that. You have a beautiful family. If anybody does follow you on social media, you're always putting them on display as well. And yeah. I just want to thank you for being such a great representation for just the North Carolina, Western North Carolina community in general, because you're part of us now. You've been here 18 years. Yes. So, yes. So yeah. you're a mountain Monica. guy. The pleasure is mine. It's always a wonderful, a, a wonderful experience talking with you. Looking forward to more conversations in the future. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. This has been really fun. Absolutely. And again, I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. And please come back next week, same time, same place, 4.30 p.m. Fridays. And you can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to our site, bizradioashville.com. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.